You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Ethan Lane. Ethan, of course, is NCBA's Vice President of Government Affairs. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Always good to be here, Ed. All right, Ethan. Um, now, as you know, um, some folks around the country have voiced some concerns about how um, product of the USA labeling and similar labels on beef products um, have been used or could be used around the country. Um, we heard these concerns at our summer business meeting back in July, um, and we pulled together a working group to look into this and see um, what's happening, what what is happening, what may be happening, um, and uh, and what can be done about it. So can you bring people up to speed a little bit on the issue and on the working group and, and the work that they've been doing since our summer business meeting? Sure. You know, this is an issue that, like you say, we've, we've been hearing more and more about. Uh, we, we had some state affiliates that had this come up during their summer meetings in particular. Uh, Oregon Cattlemen's Association had a pretty robust discussion about it. And it does center around uh, the use of product of the United States and similar labels in, in, in beef that goes on our, on our store shelves. You know, those labels are approved currently through the Food Safety Inspection Service, FSIS. And, and you know, what we've been looking into in response to these producer concerns is is what the scope of use is, um, what the approval process looks like, what are those uh, what are those uh, uh, benchmarks look like in order to to uh, be able to use a label like that, and and is this an area that we need to get into to ensure that we're protecting our producers um, from from this label being applied um, in a in a way that that's not in keeping with what with what consumers might be looking for or what we want to see in, in in labeling this product. Um, and and you know after several meetings of this working group, I believe they've they've met three times and and tons of staff hours, kind of looking into the detail here, talking to retailers, talking to the packers, um, talking to USDA, and and gathering a lot of information about this. You know what we've been able to determine is um, there there's there's a lot of ambiguity in in this space. We don't think anybody is is doing anything wrong. We don't think anybody is violating uh, the, the law or violating regulation. That's an important place to start this conversation. This isn't about pointing the finger at anybody. This is about a, a system that's probably gotten to a point where we need to get involved and, 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 and use our unique place in, in, in this industry um, and, and work through that whole value chain to, to provide some clarity and ensure that we don't have labels that are being used uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that, that doesn't work for our producers. And, and that's the direction that this working group has come to is, hey, there's enough evidence here. Um, the way this law is written, the way the regulations are written now, we're not comfortable with that. And um, so that has resulted in them issuing a directive. Um, they, they made recommendations to the executive committee. The executive committee issued a directive to staff that we start to work through this process of exploring how to uh, close this loophole, if you will, and, and ensure that that, that that labeling really means something when it comes out the door. Okay, now before we get to the recommendation from the working group, let's sort of go through this chronologically. In the time, I guess it's been about four months since uh, the working group got started after our summer business meeting, um, there were some other groups that went out there and they they called for some quote-unquote solutions or proposals of their own. Um, what did what, what were they calling for um, and, and why is it not the right way to go? 
So, you know, this is something that we see a lot, honestly. Um, we have, you know, obviously there are a few other uh, uh, producer, smaller producer groups in this space, and, and they tend to like to kind of see what we're working on and then and then jump the gun and just and just shoot first and ask questions later. And, and that doesn't mean the concerns they're responding to aren't valid concerns, but I think the concern that we had is that they missed a step in this process. So uh, we, saw, uh, we saw this group, um, uh, U.S. Cattlemen's Association, file a petition essentially asking for these product of the USA labels um, to be restricted only to born, raised, and harvested in the United States product. So basically the old M-Cool designation. Um, and that is basically the exact same language we saw on a previous petition from RCAF and another one we saw from uh, the Humane Society of the United States backed OCM, Organization for Competitive Markets. So, you know, what we have here is sort of a, 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 a pattern of asking for the same thing from FSIS. And, and the, 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 the result of that continues to be the same thing. And that is a, a return to an MCOOL dynamic that would immediately trigger uh, a, a, an aggressive retaliatory response um, from the WTO by those countries to our North and South, Mexico and, and Canada. And, and, you know, that's not a new process that would start over. We like to remind people that if that were to be the case, were we to trigger that, day one, we would see those sanctions go back into place. So, you know, our goal here was, okay, how do we address this problem? And, and how do we make sure that we're, 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 we're pursuing those, those needs of our producers without triggering a response that would be economically catastrophic to our, to our export market and to our industry in general? Okay. So the big question is, how do we do this? What did the working group come up with? I know that our executive committee gave a staff directive recently to move forward on this and deal with these potentially ambiguous and or unverified you know, labeling processes or practices. Um, what, is, what is NCBA going to be working on on this front? So we're going to be working with USDA. We're going to be working with the with the entire supply chain because this affects everybody. We're going to be working with other protein groups because it's not just beef that that uses these labels. Obviously, this gets into pork and chicken and turkey. Um, you know, th this has this has tentacles as has been has been repeated to us multiple times in the last in the last few months um, that that go far beyond far beyond us. That being the case. Um, we still need to make sure that we're thinking about beef, we're thinking about cattle producers, and we're thinking about how this impacts us specifically. Um, and, and so our focus is going to be on uh, uh, whether there's some action that can be taken there to ensure that um, no such label can be used without going through an audited verified process. The, the, where, where that process exists currently is at the Ag Marketing Service through their process verified programs. Those programs already exist. We have producers um, throughout the country that have already used those types of programs and they have a, a real benefit in that in that AMS has a structure in place that can that can verify that the claims that are being made are in fact uh, uh, the representative of what's going on the package. And, and we think that that voluntary system that's already in place, there's no new authority that would need to be created there, um, is an ideal opportunity to, to really make sure that, that um, you have a route to go in if you see value in putting a specific origin claim on your package. Now we think there's, there's probably more value and we're gonna see more producers probably uh, latching onto the idea of doing a, a PVP for you know beef grown in the valley that they live in or in the state that they live in and, and, and really putting some value in there. And we've seen some states seize on that. Um, we could see retailers doing a PVP specifically for, for their product. I mean, the possibilities in this space are, are endless once we move through that. And that opposes, that's different than the way it works now, because right now, FSIS, the Food Safety Inspection Service, has 
primary jurisdiction over these labels, but they may not have the resources um, to to really verify all of this stuff, right? Well, right, and and that's you know that's the thing is is, is right now FSI is always is going to be the, the 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 last word on on approval of a label, right? But I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that, and a lot of food safety issues, and we want to make sure we're respectful of all of that. But when we get into these marketing claims and we get into to that side of the equation, um, that you know that's that's not their specialty. That doesn't mean there isn't a lot that goes into what they're doing on their side that we need to maintain the integrity of. But but when we're talking specifically about these kind of claims and verifying these claims, that really is better served in other parts of USDA that have the manpower and the expertise to do it. And and quite frankly, already have the regulatory structure up in place to, to accommodate it. Right now, that's kind of a split a split situation where, you know, you have some of those claims that are going through that AMS process and you have others that FSIS has guidance in place that allows them to uh, to bless a label um, without going through a- enough verification for us to be comfortable. Okay, so that's our proposed solutions uh, sol- solution. What is the next step in the process? Where do we go from here? So so the next step is is for us to use our unique position um, here in Washington and, and our, our relationships. And we're the only organization that, that has those relationships, you know, up and down the value chain with USDA, with Congress, um, to start socializing this, talking through the, the uh, you know, the, the issues that may come up, making sure that we, we don't do something here that further complicates the situation. Um, and, and that's a, you know, a sober process that's going to take us some time to work through. Um, that working group is going to continue their work on this topic um, in order to have a robust conversation at convention. Um, but we felt Felt like and the executive committee felt like um, it was important to get this directive out the door now so that staff had some guidance over the next few months and we could start having more robust conversations and and, and working towards a, a fix to this as quickly as possible. All right, Ethan Layden, good luck working on this uh, going forward and uh, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, Ed. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.